Bonjour, 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 and welcome to the official Canada's Drag Race podcast. I'm Jeffrey Boyer Chapman, resident Judgy Judy of the North, and your squirrel friend spirit guide for all things Canada's Drag Race. But before we get into it, fair warning that this episode is going to be full of what? Spoilers! On this week's episode of the pod, I'm going to be joined by our top three queens, Scarlet Bobo, Rita Baga, and our reigning queen supreme, Canada's first drag superstar, Priyanka, as we do a deep dive into their experience in the workroom and on the main stage after she done already done had herses. You can catch up on the entire first season of Canada's Drag Race on WOW Presents Plus in the United States and Select Territories on Crave in Canada, BBC3 in the UK, and Stan in Australia. And now, ladies and gentle them, start your engines and may the best woman win. I'm here with Canada's favorite circus freak, the one and only Scarlet Bobo. Hey, Bobo, how's your head? Hello, it's doing just fine. How are you? Oh, girl, I got chills as soon as I saw you. I've missed you so much. How are you today? I'm good. I miss you. I feel like it's been forever since I saw you. It has. I know, and the whole world is turned upside down. I was gonna, I was gonna ask you where you are, but not to be a total creep. I can see a reflection of what is outside of your house right now. So I'm gonna guess that you are in Vancouver. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can see the mountains. Yeah. I'm you can see the mountains, <laughs> and I could hear. I could hear the railroad as well. So I'm like, I have a pretty good idea as to where you are in the city as well. Yeah. Until <laughs> the seagull starts squawking for the next three hours. <laughs> you and you. You just. You're like a relatively new Vancouverite. Yeah. You moved out from the East Coast to to Vancouver. Yeah. We moved out here in December, and we absolutely love it. Yeah. Is that your first time spending time on the West Coast? Yeah, it is. I, like, we came here last Pride, and then all of us were supposed to be, all of us, me and Harley. He didn't really have an opinion. Uh, but him, <laughs> Pete and I were like, oh, I want to go live in Vancouver. And we kind of just took the leave, and it's been really, really, really amazing. It's just such a more chill, calm yeah. vibe, especially coming back after, like, tours and stuff like that. It's nice to come back and, like, look at the water and the mountains and be like, yes. oh, cool, I'm going to zen myself out. <laughs> oh my gosh. I lived in Vancouver for so many years during my like late teen years and early 20s. And it is just, it's a completely different world than Toronto and the whole yeah, East nice. Coast scene. I'm so glad that you found that grounding force, especially, you know, you've been shot into the stratosphere <laughs> of interne- international superstardom across the globe, honey. So you need a place to like come back to yourself and find a sense of groundedness. How are you doing? How are you feeling after... I want to get into the whole drag race journey and, you know, what we experienced together, but I want to know how you're feeling and, and handling the whole world around you after the fact. It's been pretty cool, to be honest. It's weird to get, like, recognized everywhere. Uh-huh. <laughs> everywhere I go. Everyone's like, are you? He's going to my mom. I'm like, yes, how are you? And it's so funny because me, usually I'm, like, stoned. They're, like, you know, just, like, <laughs> zoned out. And people completely freak out. And I'm like, hey girl, like, it's just me. And they're like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And then I'm like, what do I do? (laughs) (laughs) Isn't it funny how it's like, you there's there's nothing that can prepare you for it there's no guidebook there's no handbook no. there's no no course you can take or and you know really it's just it's all from friends who have come before you who have who have experienced the same thing that you're experiencing now just like sharing the wisdom of of how other people have navigated it 
Yeah, like I always, I keep saying, like I'm like, you know what? Maybe I should write a guidebook on how to deal with everything that happens, like after you like immediately get famous. Because I just keep leaning on like my like alumni sisters, yeah, being like, hey, how the hell do I do this? Like, yeah. I don't know what's going on. And yeah, hey, maybe that's Scarlett Bobo's guide to being famous. Hey, legit, <laughs> Bobo, you're joking, but I just got chills when you said that. I feel like that's a brilliant idea. It's brilliant, honey. I mean, you know, I would, I would definitely buy a copy. I'll pre-order a copy on Amazon right now. So, so, so I was like, hey, wait, yeah. <laughs> so, did you? You just got back from tour. Yeah, so I was on a little bit of a Toronto, Ontario tour. Uh, which was super exciting. I was in Toronto for two weeks. Uh, oh, wow. Was, oh, yeah, it was a lot. Uh, it was really cool. Did you get to see all your sissies? I got to see all my sissies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did a really, we did a fierce show at the Phoenix with uh, all the Ontario uh, CDR girls, which was really, really cool. So um, exciting. It was just nice to be in the same room as everybody again, being like, whoa, like you're real again. This is so awesome. Yeah. And yeah. it's really exciting. I'm super excited for the Voss Events Tour because... I get to see at least all of my sissies at one point on the on each leg of the tour. So I'm beyond excited for that. And I've been following this like drive and drag tour for so long. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, we get to do like one of these drive and drag tours. I think it's absolutely iconic. It's it's gonna be so epic. It's so exciting. It's just so wonderful that you guys have this opportunity to go out and to have the experience of what all the queens anticipate once once they are in the drag race family of getting to you know see the Kiki with the children and and perform live and have that that you know that energetic interaction between you and the viewers. It's it's so exciting. You guys so deserved it. Yeah, thank God because honestly, yeah. I was like, we we're all like, what do we do now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Me and, Alona, me and Alona are like, hashtag poor famous, because yeah. we're super famous now, but like not doing anything. We're like, totally. totally. Cool. Oh, honey, that's a st- story of so many of our lives, honey, baby, yeah. sugar child, you know? Um, so let's talk about your experience on the show. How are you, now that you've seen the whole season, it's, you know, it's come and gone, it's aired, the whole world has seen it. Uh, how are you feeling about your drag race journey? Uh, good. I definitely now realize I should have won a couple of those challenges. <laughs> <laughs> okay, tell, give it to me. Give it to me. Yeah. Which, which, which challenges specifically are standing out to you that you think you were yours? I think the one that I mainly really would have won personally was the rap battle, but Priyanka also like really slayed that. Yeah. And then the pageant, but Lemon are also really slayed that. So it was always like, yeah. like right place, wrong time or wrong time, right place. I don't know. One of those. But yeah. I, you know, I, looking back at it, I like all these memes are going around saying that I'm like the only one other than Bianca Del Rio that's ever placed lo- that has not placed lower than saves. So like looking at the show and watching my track record, like I'm super proud of like not slipping up and not like and just like because there was a lot of times that I got in my head and I was like, I don't know if I could do this. Like I, what am I doing? And then I was like, I woke up and I was like, shake it off, shake it off, shake it off. Like we have to like get back in there get back into the zone and i i think that like i'm i'm very very proud of my track record and what i was able to put on the runway and what i was able to whip up like in you know the week that they gave us like mm-hmm. you know here's uh you have to learn how to do this and dance and, <laughs> and i can and, and rap and do this now go 
You know, mm-hmm. I, never thought, I never thought I'd ever be able to do that or win a sewing challenge for that matter. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it crazy? Isn't it so exciting? I think that's one of the most uh, tr- just tremendously exciting things about this show is that so many of us are put in positions where we are challenged to go beyond the, our self-imposed borders and to uh, expand beyond the narrative that we've told ourselves our whole lives, that this is what we're capable of. This is our lane, stick in it. And when you are challenged to step out of it, it's just the perfect opportunity to to expand beyond yourself and to grow. It was such a pleasure witnessing. I mean, you were the perfect example of that. Of us, We could see it before our very eyes, you growing and blossoming <laughs> with each challenge. And I can agree. I think that you watching back, it's like it's, it gives it a completely different perspective. But the rap battle challenge, you were just beyond insane. And then the pageant challenge as well. It was, God, it translated so beautifully on film. But that said, you won two of the most epic challenges of the season. You yeah, won the puppet. Yeah. You won the puppet challenge. You won the ball, honey. <laughs> honey, you won the ball, honey. Yes, so, girl. Yes. Like three runways in a row. So like. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> That's incredible. So I feel like for so many queens, making it to drag race is the ultimate dream. But was that something? Was that a vision that you held for yourself? Was that something that you ever aspired to before Canada's Drag Race? Um, you know, I, I it wasn't for the longest time because I had a friend, Madeline Hatter in New York and she was like, you know what? You don't need drag race. You don't need this. Like you're already doing tours in Europe and you're already touring the States and you're already doing so much. And so for a while it wasn't really necessarily like the dream, but then so many people were like, oh, you should get on drag race. You should get on drag race. And it was kind of like, for me, it was that like next step. Like I was like, okay, I'm doing all this stuff. I'm touring all over. I'm like making music. I'm doing stuff that like Rue Girls do. And I was like, you know what? I think I, I think I might want to do this. I think I might want to take on this really wild and crazy challenge. Mm-hmm. And the second that Canada's Drag Race popped up on my phone, I woke up and I was like, okay, okay, okay. Like this <laughs> thing. All right. What do we think? What do we think? And I kind of was just like, you know what? I'm just going to like put my put all my eggs in the basket and see what happens. And, you know, and here we are. (laughs) And here we are, honey. So out of, out of all of your season one sissies, I know that you, uh, you were familiar with Alona. You hadn't met in person, but you, you're her drag aunt and you'd spent some time connecting over the past several years on FaceTime uh, as she was on the West coast and you were on the East coast. But were there other Queens that you were familiar with upon entering the workroom? Uh, a lot of them actually. Like when I walked into the workroom, I was like, "Oh God, you guys are all here!" Like, ah, <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> well, well, obviously, I'm guessing the Toronto girls, right? Like Boa, Tainomi, Juicebox, Free. Yeah. Um, right. Uh, yeah, I had known. I I knew Rita, um, but not well. Like I like we would bump into each other in Montreal or like at, at like prides together. But it was yeah. kind of like, a, "Hey, how are you? Like, what's going on?" Like it was kind of passing. Um, and Starzy, I we I knew Starzy because she was in Toronto, but she was she was always in the pageant scene. So we just kind of like our scenes didn't really mix with each other. So right. same thing with Starzy, it was kind of like just seeing her in passing. And those two are the are like two of the ones that I really kind of connected with a lot. You mm-hmm. know, me and Rita, I, I would love the friendship that me and Rita were able to build on the show. And I, I I feel like I finally broke down that wall a little bit. She was so stiff. And I was like, I'm going to get in there. I'm like, I'm determined to get in there. And I'm like, just you wait. By the end of the show, I'm going to squeeze my way in there. And I, (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. isn't, it, isn't it so satisfying? <laughs> so, so were, were you at all surprised by the elimination order throughout the course of the season, knowing knowing some of these queens and what they're capable of? Um, I think the biggest ones for me were Juice and Tainomi. Because yeah. personally, going into it, seeing them, I was like, oh, these are like my biggest threat for sure. And when Juice went on first, it kind of like, it kind of threw me for a loop a little bit. Like, I feel like the second episode, I was still stumbling around, like being like, oh my God, my sister, oh my God, Juice is gone. And it yeah. kind of really threw me off my game. And then I was like, okay, like get back into it. Like she's gone. Like you got to focus or you're next. And then, mm-hmm. um, and Tainomi, oh my God, Tainomi was like our glue the whole show until yeah. we left. Like she was the one that was kind of like pep talking us and everything. And, uh, and it was just hard to see her like cry and, and everything and I and she was just you know I don't think she was in it in that moment and I think she just kind of couldn't get over that hurdle and that was really crazy to watch her kind of get really stuck in her head like you just saw the wheels like stop turning and there was nothing that we could do to kind of pull her out of it but I think now she's like all right what's next what's next like let's party (laughs) amazing amazing aside from your sisters going home week after week what was the biggest surprise of the season for you um I think just being able to really focus all my attention, all my creativity on the task at hands because I like I've got really bad ADHD and I'm usually like pop it all around. And yeah. just the fact that I was able to like shake off like the stress and everything and focus and get the job done and make it to mm-hmm. top three. That that was Bitch. you know, that was crazy. And like that moment when like in front of like Michelle Azaj and like winning the ball and like ever and finally winning a challenge that brought me to the top three like that moment I will never forget like all of it like coming at me at the same time and I was like oh my god like what's happening I think I remember like you saying like congratulations you won and me just like staring at you yeah, I know I know I remember <laughs> and you were like staring back at me with like confusion and Bianca was like Bobo Bobo you won and I was like <laughs> what huh who yep. <laughs> i was like <laughs> i cry after i mean after that moment when we when we wrapped and went back to our dressing room i definitely cried off of cried <laughs> off my my smoky eye that day i was just so proud of you i was so oh, so proud of you, you. honey yeah, yeah ab- absolutely so you so i just I, I i mean obviously i fell in love with you throughout the course of the season while i was with you because you were one of the queens who i just felt were you were focused you were there to win but you were also just so uh, effervescent and just so unapologetically yourself you were you were very open and so i did have a chance to connect with you on several different occasions throughout the course of the season when i had interactions with you in the workroom and then watching the show back I just got to fall in love with you even more because I got to see all of your talking head interviews and I got to see how vulnerable you were and how funny you were, how likable you were. And one of my favorite moments of the season was when you talked a bit about your drag mother, Jeanette Bobo, who founded the House of Bobo and passed away shortly before you joined us on the show. And you said that she taught you all about drag and queer history and the art of performing I want to know who 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 was who was Jeanette Bobo to you, and and how did you how did you start drag? Uh, Jeanette Bobo is so amazing. So like, I was like seventeen when I met her, I think, and she was like already like, in her thirties, I believe. I don't know. She never gave us her, her real age, and it was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> My mom would be like, 
my mom would be like, oh, like, you're just, like, hanging out with, like, someone, like, twice your age, like, and was, like, okay with it because, like, she had, like, Jeanette was such this, like, mother figure in my life. Mm. And, you know, I remember my first show, she said, you're never going to get a booking ever again unless you go home and you research where queers came from and where drag queens came from and, like, what our story is and, like, why we're still fighting for everything that we're fighting for. And I was like, who's this old kook trying to tell me what to do? And I did. I researched everything. And and, that, and she was what kind of made me become the queer activist that I am today. And yeah. um, and I kind of fell into drag, really. Like, I didn't understand what she, she was doing. She was a very comedy queen. Like, she would come out in a mermaid tail. And then, then she would come out as Wendy Whopper. Like, <laughs> like, she was a very comedy queen. And then I remember seeing Robin DeCradle do Janet Jackson. And I was like, whoa, is that drag as well? Like, you could do both at the same time. And I couldn't really, like, wrap my head around, like, the comedy queen and the dancing queen. And so I did it for Halloween. And then I was like, I kind of, and everyone was like, what kind of queen do you want to be? And I was like, I kind of want to be, like, all of it. Like, is that a thing? Like, can I do that? And then I was just, like, trying to be funny, but, like, trying to, like, be really fierce at the same time. And because I feel like those are very both my personalities. And, yeah, I kind of just, like, really tripped up into drag and then, I started rolling from there. <laughs> well, it's it makes perfect sense that Jeanette was such a huge influence in you and like in in you know being a teacher for you, being a mentor and and really encouraging to, for you to learn our queer history and to have an understanding of the foundation of where we come from and the struggles and trials and tribulations we faced over the past several many decades as a queer community and yeah you know it's so clear clear that you are an activist at heart and you seem to be such a champion for the underdog and so willing to speak up and stand up for what you know is right when something so obviously wrong is taking place and i can speak to my own experience of you having the courage to speak up to my true character over these past few months which has meant the world to me is is that a part of who you've always been or where do you think that comes from within you yeah, I think it's always been a part of who I am because I like I never labeled myself as the underdog, but like it was like my whole career, I always had so many people like just being so negative, like in wow. either in my family or in the drag scene or like there was always someone that was trying to take me down. There was always someone trying to bully me, someone trying to dull my shine. And even when I moved to Toronto and I started touring, like there was always like one person that was just so against me and I was like what the what what is going on I was like why can't I just like live my life and then but that was the thing that always made me fight that much harder because when you tell me I can't do something or you tell me like I'm not good enough at that like I'm just gonna make sure I prove you wrong because I'm super stubborn (laughs) yeah and so I just I really just kept pushing on and pushing on and pushing on and then everyone was like oh you're such an underdog like you're a voice for the underdogs and and I guess because like I always you know, the drag queens used to tell me, wear big hair, wear big, wear hip pads, wear sequins and rhinestones. And so I would do that for a while. And then I was like, why am I doing this? Like, I'm super uncomfortable. I don't like this. I don't like these hip pads. I don't like these, like this big hair. Like I want like leather and studs and short hair. Like, and I feel like that should be okay. And so I preferred doing that. And then I, then I, but, I, but then I already did the glam. And then I, so I was like, light, I liked studs and sequins. I liked, you know, spikes and rhinestones. And so then I kind of just like molded all these characteristics to myself. And I would tell myself, stop trying to be everybody else and mm. just be 
who you want to be. And as soon as I started doing that, everybody started like, you know, just running towards me and like being like, wow, thank you so much for like speaking up about, about us and, and just being unapologetic. And once I started being unapologetically myself, I was like, I felt like I could take over the world for sure. Oof, oof, there's a power in it like like no other. Yeah, I I certainly consider myself not only uh, an underdog, but also a champion of the underdogs as somebody who grew up, I was bullied my whole life, you know, all throughout my childhood and my teen years. And um, it was mostly from the status quo from like, you know, straight folk and white folk who are just, yeah, you know, yeah. have a level of, who have a level of ignorance that, that doesn't really, isn't really open to queer culture or understanding queer culture or understanding otherness or black culture or anything. But yeah. it's something, something that I am, that I've only experienced for the first time and wasn't, was really naive to was the level of bullying in the in queer culture uh it it was it was something that i'd never i'd never experienced it before i had no idea how how vicious it could be and you saying that you that it is something that you've experienced i guess i'm just curious to know one where do you think that comes from and two what are what are what are the biggest lessons you've taken from it experiencing experiencing it yourself honestly i feel like we're very similar first of all me too too, bobo um And you're right. Like when I was finally like done with like, okay, getting like made fun of in high school or like on the street or whatever, I would like go into like my home into my bars and like still get made fun of. And I was like, what is going on? I'm like, I'm like queer people are making fun of other queer people. And I couldn't wrap my head around it. I was like, what yeah. the f-? I was like, what's going on guys? Like we're, we should, we need to have each other's backs because no one else does. Right. And, um, you know, I, I don't know if it comes from insecurities or if it comes from jealousy or mm. all of the above, but it's, it's there. And it's like definitely like an underlining kind of beast in the, in the queer community. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, it sucks. Like even, even people attacking, you know, like you and the girls on the show and stuff like that. Like there's, there's some sort of, there's some sort of layer of like, I don't know, do you want to be on the show? Like, do you want to, do you be on that stage? Do you want to, you know, do you, are you upset that you don't have the confidence as well? And somebody else does. Mm-hmm. I really don't know where it comes from, but it sucks. And to get the like, getting over it is it's like another beast in itself because it's like someone coming into your home and like ruining your own home. You know what I mean? So it's like completely, it's a complete violation like, of, ba- of boundaries. Absolutely. Yeah. You're like, wait, you're in my house. Like, shouldn't right. we all be like friends right now? Um, and I definitely learned to be more resilient, you know, because, mm. and it's, and it's hard. I, it, it sucks that like, I, we continuously have to like be more resilient, put up, like more, like, grab more weapons to like, you know, armor ourselves with, which really, mm. really sucks. But you know, it's like, once you get over that and it sounds so silly, like once you get over that, there's probably going to be another problem that you're probably going to have to get over, but getting mm. over that will always make you stronger and stronger when you come out of it as what I yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, you, you couldn't have said it any better. I feel like that's a lesson that I've taken from it as well. Unfortunately, it's an unfortunate lesson that we have to yeah, take. Yeah, like, I wish we didn't have to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I'm just so glad that, that um, this community, that you have the platform that you have, that this community has you as an ambassador to be able to share this message and to really lead by example. And, you know, I, I was realizing that we didn't officially do a miscongeniality for the season, 
But oh, yeah. if, if, if I were to unofficially give the Queero award to any of the queens this season, it would be to you, Scarlet Bobo. Oh, I think you are just, you're you. just, yeah, it's, it, you're just, you're such an extraordinary person. You have such a massive heart. You are so caring. You're so willing to put yourself out there and to speak truth to power and to stand up for people who may not have the opportunity to stand up for themselves. And you do it in such a bold and inspiring way. It's such, it is, it is the mark of a queero. You are, you are making a mark in not only this industry, but in this, hopefully this generation of, um, you know, our queer siblings to be able to learn something from the way that you're operating and really just encouraging love and togetherness and interconnectedness and what you said, having our backs and having each other's backs because the rest of the world doesn't have our back, honey. You right? Oh, you're right. right? Go right now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're incredible. Well, I also remember being in the workroom with you and barely being able to keep it together and oh. make it through my and make it make it through my speech while announcing the makeover challenge with the Rainbow Railroad refugees because the tears were streaming down your face, honey, from the time that I opened my mouth. You you have me choking up. Um, what was what was your uh, relationship to Rainbow Railroad prior to coming on the show? Because you were clearly very familiar with it. Yeah, um, I've worked for Rainbow Railroad for years, probably like six years now. Um, just by doing like, just by doing uh, charity shows and uh, uh, basically charity shows and, and activism and just like sharing information about uh, about their their company and you know. I would always, I would, I was, I was trying to find a charity that like suited my, n- not needs, my personality, my wants in the world, mm. and Rainbow Railroad kind of fell in my lap. Someone one day said, "Oh, can you do this gig? It's not paid, but it's for a really good cause." And I looked it up, and I was like, "Whoa, this is a really good cause." And um, and I, Raju, no, Milk was there. Sorry, and two of the actual survivors came to speak at the event, and. I was listening to them speak and I was beside myself, just like wailing in the corner in full drag. And <laughs> I, it was just so inspiring. And ever mm-hmm. since then, I was like, I need to have them at the forefront of everything I do. Like, especially with Absolute Empire's Ball, like they are our, um, they are our, our first charity of choice always. They actually are um, making me the uh, international ambassador for... Uh, for Rainbow Railroad and and just uh, like so I can start speaking and, and raising money on a more of a global scale and I'm like beside myself excited because I've just like always loved 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 Rainbow Railroad and the craziest thing you're probably gonna cry yeah. so uh, last year uh, we raised $30,000 for Rainbow Railroad and we sent it to Rainbow Railroad and Dennis who is Violet Boba yes. said yep. that that money was the money that brought him over to Canada. And then I had no idea until after we filmed the show and I saw him in Hamilton for that episode. And somehow I like ended up picking him and it was just this like full circle moment. And I was like, and he was like, you saved my life now twice putting me in drag and you gave the money to Rainbow Road. I was like, what in the what? Like I, it was like the most crazy universal thing i think that's ever happened to my me in my whole life it was like beyond it was I'm, like i have 
goosebumps all over my body. <laughs> yeah, me too. Every time I talk about it, I like, get full goosebumps. So I'm just so excited to like do the most I can about Rainbow with Rainbow Railroad, like from here on out and forever. I'm so so grateful that that we that we in, the, in that episode as well were able to do that and share so much information to so many people that may have not yeah. known about Rainbow yeah. Railroad. That was yeah. so so cool. Oh, Bobo, that is, I, it is, I couldn't think of a more perfect ambassador. I mean, believe it or not, literally right before you said the words that you were their new ambassador, <laughs> the, the, the words literally came into my mind, Bobo should be their ambassador. That's so, I'm, that's I'm so very, beautiful. I'm very, very honored. I'm super excited. Honey, that whole episode was so, was so incredibly special. Not only was it your first mini challenge win, but you were just so, it was just so telling of your character when you were the one who was put in a position of power for the first time and you assigned um, the- Just each of, yeah, <laughs> you, you assigned you assigned each of the daughters to to their drag mothers, and it was so it was so kind of you. You were just so thoughtful in it. But I think that you you must have been tapped into something a very similar energy that you're tapped into now because yeah. it was so it was so intuitive the way the way the way you chose. I mean, like between Elton and Priyanka having that pairing and it just being so kismet and perfect, and yeah, yeah it was really it was really wonderful. It was one of my favorite favorite memories of the entire season what a special special day that was so cool i feel like i could have like i was like looking back at it i was like oh if i would have put you with you and you with you i'm like (laughs) y'all would have been messed up and bitch you i meant every word of it when i said from that main stage that you can paint my face anytime (laughs) actually can i ask you i'm gonna ask you now here and now officially will you be Rue has been asking for years or telling me that he's going to put me in drag. And one thing happens after the next, after the next, where it just always seems to fall through. I mean, right now it's, you know, it's COVID. So I, I, I can't, uh, you know, Raven is busy doing Rue's face. And I can't, we can't yeah. risk being, being in close proximity to Raven at this point. But I would love so much if you would paint me and put me in drag one day, because what you did to Dennis's face was magic, honey. Magic. Would, yes, you, would, you, would you do me the honor? Yeah, I would love I would, that. I, I would love it. I would, I would, I would, it would mean so, so much to me. Oh, that would be I, so cool. Totally. Okay, um, amazing. Amazing. When I'm up in Vancouver or wherever, we'll make it happen. We'll make it happen. I'll send you my info yeah, so we can. We're, yeah. we're going to cross paths, I, like, I feel like, a lot now. Oh, now that Canada is slowly finding Yes. Yes, I know. Lucky y'all up there. Well, um, li- living on in on the West Coast now in Vancouver and coming from Toronto, do you see a big difference between West Coast drag culture versus East Coast drag culture in Canada? Because I know people may not realize, but it's like very similar to the United States in which each, you know, depending on oh, which yeah. state, which state the queens come from, which coast the queens come from, like drag is very different, different regionally. What What are some of the big differences you see? Yeah, I definitely like Toronto drag is the like, you're doing like, six shows a night like you know you're bouncing you're like or you're six shows a week story like at least two tw- like, you're at two different bars a night like you're you're mm-hmm. like that show girl that's doing you know 16 numbers at one bar and then like 10 numbers at the other bar it's very like it's very show dance costumes you know number after number after number mm-hmm. and it's it's very fast paced vancouver i got here and they're like oh yeah you just need to do two numbers and there's a break in between and i was like wait what <laughs> A break? We got a break? (laughs) Um, Seeing here, it's much more laid back. It's very artsy. There's a lot of clowns here. There's a lot of uh, gender non-conforming queens here, performers, kings, tons of kings here, which is really... My 
see. My, my first my first show that I ever went to uh, in Vancouver, I was 19 years old, I think, 18 or 19, and it was a drag king show in the downtown yeah. east side. Yeah, and I used to, I mean, I used to go to any show I could get my, I could get into um, at the Odyssey and oh, yeah, celebrities. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah, it is a, it is a very different scene though. You're right. And I think so much yeah. of it has to do with just like the hustle, hustle, hustle of the East Coast compared to a little bit more of a laid back vibe of the yeah, West Coast. Yeah, it's more of like, like ever you're going to put all your kind of, now, all your eggs into one basket. You're going to mm-hmm. like do, or work on focus this, on this one look, this one mix, and then like mm-hmm. really kind of like, like you're Beyonce for that one number, and it's 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 really cool to see people just like put so much work into that one number rather than just like do so many numbers in a row. You kind of miss the you miss the performance art behind the show. So right, that's, yeah, that's what I think is super cool. Right. Um, if you were to walk into the workroom today uh, with fresh eyes, or if you were to say. Fingers crossed, maybe, oh, maybe, okay. hopefully, hopefully, join us for All Stars one season when it rolls along. Um, what, what come through, honey? What advice would you give to Scarlet Bobo going into the the workroom at this point? I would say don't overthink everything. I over mm. I was overthinking every single. I was overthinking every single step every word that i said i was like constantly just like do a good job do a good job do a good job do a good job and i feel like that do a good job kind of like person in the back of my head held me back from maybe letting loose a little bit being a little bit more crazy in the pageant or being a little bit more you know being a little bit more polished here or you know, um, in that in that second week when me and Alona were the twins, like I may, I could have shown a, like I could have shined a little bit brighter. You know what I mean? I so I think I was trying to focus on doing such a perfect job that it could have held me back. Like got me to top three, so happy about that. I mean, honey, and I you know another moment that I don't I th- I don't think it made it in the edit, but I did talk about it in our uh, little one on one interview, or you know when myself and yourself and Tracy Melshaw were sitting down in the finale. You had said to me a couple of weeks prior that you were visualizing yourself in the top three. Yeah. I was like, I'm just, gonna, I'm just, I'm, I'm focusing on that because it was at that point where I was like, okay, the light's getting a little brighter at the end of the tunnel, and this room's getting a little more empty, and I was just like, no, that's it. Like you have to focus, and you, and just get it done, just get it done, and that's it. Yeah. Oh, honey, the pa- the power of visualization and intention setting is the is the, truly the very foundation of my life. I don't know, I don't know who I, I, I know that I would not be who or where I am without you know, conscious, focused intention setting and visualization. I found it so powerful when you told me that. And it made perfect sense. It wasn't even like it was magic to me that you ended up there in the top three. It was like, well, of course she did. She visualized it. She <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was like, I'm, this is going to happen whether uh, I'm like, whether anybody likes it or not, it's going to happen. It's pa- <laughs> <laughs> oh, we liked it. But it's, my point is, is it's, it's incredib- incredibly powerful. Um, well, Bobo, I'm going to have to wrap things up with you, unfortunately, because yeah, 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 yeah. I, could, I, could, I could sit here and talk with you all day long. You know, I, I can't wait to see you again. Like three hours. <laughs> I know. Well, we, hopefully we'll have some time soon when I'm sitting as you're, as you're painting my mug. Um, but if you, were, if you were to leave the, the viewers and the listeners and the fandom with, with any words of love, wisdom, advice, guidance, what would that be? 
Um, I would say be unapologetic, break all the rules, and fuck shit up, honey. Yeah. <laughs> Incredible. Well, I just want to let you know that I love you, and I think you're doing a great I job, Bobo. you. I miss you so much. I can't wait to I see you. I miss you, too. We, we, we got to coordinate somehow. Absolutely. I mean, I'm, as soon as we log off here, I'll give you my phone number. Um, you are... You're forever a part of the Drag Race family. We're all in this together. We, we love you, Bobo. Bye. Love you, baby. Bye. Stick around and we'll be right back after this quick break. Hey, squirrel friends, it's JBC. Be sure to catch an all new episode of Canada's Drag Race every Thursday night on the Wow Presents Plus app. Subscribe for only $3.99 a month for all the extra hot northern tea you can handle. Start your free trial now. Welcome back to the official Canada's Drag Race podcast. I'm here with Montreal's Queen Supreme herself, Rita Bega. Hey, Rita, how's your head? Bonjour. Oh, pretty amazing. I've heard plenty of good things about my head. Thank you for asking. <laughs> the pleasure's all mine. I am digging this, this look you've got going on with your hair. This platinum blonde faux hawk. It's slick. I dig it. Thank you. I used to have a fro, but I, I cut it, and now, you know, I'm in my blonde phase, so. It's go- gorgeous. Your blonde ambition phase. Amazing. Yes. Amazing. How are you, honey? How's everything in Montreal? Is that, I'm assuming that's where you are right now. Yes. The queen yeah. is in her kingdom. So, um, it's, it's pretty good, actually, and yeah. I'm starting to embrace this new uh, stardom thing, I can't go anywhere without being recognized now. So it's, a, yeah. it's, it's pretty something. It's pretty something. I can only imagine. It's, it must be so bizarre, like, going beyond. I mean, because obviously we'll get into it. You have a, a long and lengthy career in uh, Montreal working as a queen. And so I'm sure you obviously have a certain level of recognizability when it comes to other queer people. But to walk down the street and to be recognized by straight folk, that's a whole different world. Yep, yep. And it's not strictly in the queer village now i can i can't go anywhere without being recognized and just at my regular daytime job i'm crossing the street and i see old ladies you know just pointing their fingers at me oh is that you is that you i'm like i don't know who you're who you're talking about but that's me yeah probably that's probably me that's probably Uh, me Honey, that's that's so exciting, and I can only I'm just gonna take a wild guess and assume that so much of the the feedback has been so warm and loving. Yeah, I think I did my province uh, proud, so I'm very proud of that too. Well, I'm so happy to hear it because that was the that was the theme of the season with you repping repping for French Canadia between yourself and uh, Kiki Wanakai Kai. Y'all really y'all really did rep rep Montreal to the best of your ability and, 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 you know, French, French Canada in, in general, were you, were you surprised by the, uh, by the amount of, uh, of like French fandom that was, that was tuning into the show? I didn't know that there were so much French people around the world and not specifically from Canada or France. For example, this, I, I had messages from Zimbabwe, Cameroon, uh, from Asian countries as well. So it was pretty overwhelming. It was like, oh, okay, maybe I have a, a crowd that I can perform in front of now in Zimbabwe. I don't know. So oh, that's, that's it's, incredible. It's that's incredible. So if you're walking down the street and people are recognizing you, does that mean that you get to walk down the streets freely without a mask on your face? 
Nope. That's no. the, the weird part of it. I'm walking down the street with my mask and my sunglasses and people recognize me as well. So oh, that's, that's, that's so bizarre. Weird. Yeah, that's bizarre. It's a nice word. That's bizarre. So we're kind of get used to it. So, so what, is, what has it been like um, over the past, maybe not past couple of months, but past couple of weeks when it comes to performing? Are you guys able to do live performances and live shows and such? I mean, here, here in, I ask because here in Los Angeles, we're in a completely different phase of lockdown than y'all are up in Canada. Um, it's still restricted, but we have some opportunities uh, just at Cabaret Mado where I work the most. Uh, used to be in front of 250 people, but now we have to you know, shorten the whole thing to 60 to 75 people, which is great too. It's, a, it's another crowd. And I'm just grateful that we have this chance to perform again because it's what I like to do most, to be on a stage and to unleash this alien actress, you know? Yes. And have you had an opportunity to leave Quebec at all to go do some live performances or have you stuck to... No, but it's coming. It's coming. I'm doing this wonderful gig with Voss Events. It's going to be crazy. We're going to Calgary, Saskatoon, Toronto. I can't wait. And But I had some fun times uh, in Vancouver last month, no, not last month, last week for a vacation. Oh, fun. And, uh, I, I felt like I was performing because everybody recognized me. It was the, the week of, uh, just the, the the week ahead to the, the grand finale. Yeah. So I was pretty in the, you know, in the front. Uh, yeah. So it was, it was something. And I, I was even on a naked beach one day and surrounded by naked people. And then some people were like starstruck. And I was like, yes, I'm having a good time, as you can see. <laughs> that, okay, so I, I know you're, t- you're talking about Rec Beach in Vancouver. Yes. I, li- I lived in Vancouver for about six years consecutively and then on and off for a few years while filming a show. But Rec Beach is like the reason that I will go back to Vancouver in the summertime because it is, it is heaven for me. Was that your first time there? Uh, at this beach, yes. It yeah. won't be my last time for sure. I had fun. Oh, it's so magical. I think that's it's something that's so interesting about this beach specifically is that it's like a family-friendly beach. It's nude, but there'll be everyone from senior citizens to toddlers walking around naked. And people there's just like, it's just so hippy-dippy. People playing guitar and bongos and smoking weed. And just like, it's just such like a fun, familial, communal environment. I dig it so much. Yeah, it reminded me of, uh, you know, my... My fun years uh, during high school, I was like, oh, hippie mode. Woo, let's go. (laughs) That was fun. Well, let's go back to there because I want to know that you, I mean, I want to, I want to have a little bit of a history of how you started drag, but I do know that you have a history in the club kid scene. So is that where it all began for you? Yeah. Um, My roommate at the time was starting to do uh, drag as you know, his full-time job and he was working at Cabaret Mado. And one time uh, my other roommate and I decided to go there fully dressed, you know, as creatures of the night. And then Mado, the owner of the place, she saw us and she was like, oh, you're actually a trio. And that's pretty cool because we all have different shades as well. I was uh, tall, but very much bigger. And the other one is even taller. And the other one is like, rounder and very smaller as well so that was kind of an interesting view she was like oh you know when i started to do drag i was a club kid so i don't know if that's something that you want to do but i can just pay you to 
make the party and make people dance. And I, I started to do drag this way. And eventually I took it more seriously and, you know, started to do drag in a more common way. And uh, then she invited me to perform on stage, but it took weeks, even months. And then I just fell in love and I started to do it and do it and do it and do it and never mm. stopped. It's been almost 14 years now. I feel very old. <laughs> <laughs> had you had you uh, strictly re like remained in Montreal and in Quebec as a club kid, or did you ever go down to New York City to check out the club kid scene there? Um, I've been to New York City several times. I yeah. didn't go out fully dressed, but just you know to, to do the typical run and right. the different bars and areas. It was the first time I saw Lady Bunny as well, and which at the time was like my, my ultimate icon. So I was mm. very excited. And I saw the different, you know, there's so much types, different kinds of club kids in general. So I saw every creatures, every possible creatures there. And I was like, oh, that's so inspiring. And then on Drag Race, they started to have club kids as well. So yeah. it was... I remember the first time I saw Milk, I was like, okay, okay, yes. there's room for everybody now. I yes. love it. Yes, so exciting. So you are, you're the mother of the house of Baga with seven children officially under your belt at this point. But how was, how was Rita Baga born? Do you have a drag mother as well? Yeah, my drag mother, when I started to, uh, to do this more professionally, uh, she was like the ultra femme Uh, queen at our um, queer stage and she asked me if she could help me because you know I was I was a living mess I didn't take that fully seriously I was not not even shaving my chest or stuff like this and she was like I see potential in you I see you you have like nice features in your face maybe I can help a little so she gave me a crash course uh, and Then everything started to change. And Mado, uh, when my drag mother, Miss Vicky, left, she, she decided, you know, she, she made it all. She didn't want to do uh, more drag. Mado took me under her wings. And then she started to give me good advices uh, when it comes to hosting a night and planning activities, organizing shows. And she really took good care of me. And now she's more... So I call her mommy, like grandma, but now I feel like she's she's more of my drag mother now. Mm. So it's like my my grandma took me uh, as her own child, you know. <laughs> where where did the inspiration for the alien actress come from? Um, it's it's really what I said in the in, in the, the the finale. I always felt like this, and I think it's a great combo of you know saying to the world that I can do more than one trick mm. and I'm full rounded. I, I love to do different things. I sometimes I'm like, okay, tonight I'm, I feel I'm feeling more fan, but tonight I'm feeling more like, you know, just gluing a, a Lego piece uh, on my forehead. So it's, mm -hmm. it's really doing what I want to do, but I, I like to feel different as well. I feel different, but I like to feel different and to look different Uh, from the others as well so mm -hmm. that's the the alien actress uh, in me sometimes she just want to go fully uh, alien-esque but sometimes she's more like okay trying to be in the crowd and not being too recognized so mm -hmm. it depends it's, it's mm -hmm. really depending on the mood 
Well, a moment uh, throughout the course of the season where I was absolutely blown away by your transfer, your physical transformation, your personal transformation, your performance in the snatch game as Edith Piaf blew my fucking mind, Rita Baga. You were so brilliant. And I don't know if part of that is just me being a major, major Edith Piaf fan, but every nuance, every ounce of her, you had it like to a T. Was that somebody that you had had played before? Uh, nope. Uh, and some people are surprised when I say that, but I didn't. I, I saw a lot of Edith Piaf stuff in, you know, in my life in general, but I've studied hard uh, when I, I got, you know, cast on the show. Mm-hmm. I, I, I knew I wanted to do her. So I've started to read everything about her life. I started to watch old videos of her uh, answering questions from interviews and just trying to get her mimics and the, the, the way she, mm-hmm. she just stands or the way she's, because at the end of her career, she could barely walk. She was mm-hmm. you know, just like, folded in two yeah so i wanted to put all these elements that are very visual so people can catch up very quickly mm-hmm. about her essence and the way that she was like on the top and at the end she was at the bottom of her health as well mm-hmm. so it was kind of a, a roller coaster all a roller coaster ride and uh well it went well so i'm very proud it was it was extraordinary what you did, and um, it was I think it was one of my one of my favorite types of performances in the same vein as Jinx Monsoon playing Little Edie in Snatch Game back in season five of season five of RuPaul's Drag Race because it's an edutainment. You are educating the children and you are entertaining them through every bat of the eyelash, every nuanced joke. It was just it was fantastic. I was I was so so I fell in love with you in that moment. It was so brilliant. But I want to know um wh- what was your what was your experience like on the show? I want to hear about your your drag race journey. What was your what was your relationship to the show prior to being cast on it? Was it a show that you that you were a huge fan of that you watched every season? I watched every season several times, and uh, even my boyfriend tried to, you know, test me, uh, my knowledge of the show. Sometimes he he just showed me a picture. Okay, can you tell me what season, what episode? And I'm pretty good at, at it. Um, but it wasn't the same thing as, you know, actually doing the competition. So when I was in it, it was the first time since 13 years that I, I had to stop everything that I was doing and I only sleep between three and four hours a night. I've always been like this. So I, I've, I'm always running different projects at the time. I'm super involved in different com- uh, community organizations as well. I have a lot of gigs. I did my master degree uh, being a full-time drag and a full-time employee in a big corporation. So it was the first time I had to stop everything and just focus on drag and I think it's the main reason why my run went so well. Mm-hmm. Just I had only one focus, and you mm-hmm. can tell I was very focused. Yes, you were. Yeah, you absolutely. You were there. You were there too. You weren't there to fuck around, honey. That is, that is a for <laughs> no. sure. Were you for, were you familiar with any of your any of your other season season one sisters upon walking into the workroom? The majority uh, of them, in fact. Uh, only, really? Uh, yeah. Um, I knew personally Tainomi from years. We've been friends for years. Uh, Priyanka, we we've met once. Bobo, uh, it's funny because now <laughs> I heard I heard her several times since the the show aired. Uh, say to other people, well, we I knew Rita, but she 
I thought she didn't like me. <laughs> Every time we met, I was like very cold with her, but it's just the way I am in general. I'm not, you know, a very warm person, but it doesn't mean that I don't like people. It's just that I don't exude, you know, that warmness that some people have. Mm-hmm. And um, Boa, I've met her in the past too. Almost everyone from Toronto uh, and Ontario, except Kine uh, and Jimbo. But the rest of the the cast, uh, I've worked with them in, in the past. Right. You know, and you saying that you feel like your personality, your energy isn't necessarily that like that warm. It's it's something that you can that you definitely have the ability to tap into because you're obviously a very kind person. You're a very caring and loving person. That's unquestionable. But when you step into character, I feel like that's when it really comes out. I feel like that's when you just from my experience working with you and and you know coaching you through some acting challenges and being up on spending so much time, you know, hours after countless hours on the main stage, um, deliberating and critiquing you. You you have this really incredible ability to tap into characters and to bring the essence of who they are, whether it's Edith Piaf and her tragic history, or you know your character in uh, the uh, the 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 brides what was it the the bridesmaids challenge and the you know the the law firm commercial or the pageant was that something that you were aware of or was that something that surprised you your ability to like really tap into these these different characters. Um, just like you, I'm also a trained actor. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's something I'm very comfortable with and something I like to do. And Clearly. And I know that I don't have, you know, this huge bubbly personality as well. So I think the way I compensate with all that is just to put what I don't have and maybe would like to have yeah. on these characters. And so the minute I start to transform not only physically, but mentally into a character. Mm-hmm. And I think we, we can see that on the show. Cause even when you uh, gave us, you know, comments or ways to improve our acting skills or the way we deliver um, the things we have to do, I'm still in the character. <laughs> you know, right. I, There's no way I, I will stop and say, okay, okay, let's do this. No, I'm still, if I'm doing edit, I'm doing it all the way until the end, until I put these lashes, you know, uh, away. So it's just, I'm fully committed when I do a, char- a character. And I think it's, it, it helps me get through it completely and to see the, the, the range of that character as well. You are a method actor. I learned a lot from you. I learned a lot from you from my experiences with you, you know, in person, but I've learned a lot from watching the season back since and knowing that we we all may not embody the same qualities of character, obviously. Not all of us are going to be these hugely bubbly personalities who are just, you know, immediately effervescent and warm, um, like Priyanka or like Lemon. Like it's very specific to who they are, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's a bad thing. You know, I remember having many conversations with you about really wanting to tap into that vulnerable side of you and to see, um, you know, the the depths of who you are as Rita Bega. But in watching the show back, I think it's so obvious to me that you, that comes out when you're in character. That's where you're most comfortable and that's where you feel um, the, the the least guarded and, the, and able to to be vulnerable and to let your guard down and to show different sides of you. So it was, it was a big lesson for me. It was, I really thank you for that. It was such a pleasure. It was such a pleasure watching your personal evolution and all the different sides of you throughout the course of the season, getting to know you in that way. Well, thank you, but I think I'm gonna I'm gonna have to charge you for these, you know, learning things because you know it's a, it's a, 
something professional, so I'm going to send you my bill right after that. All right, honey. Fair enough. I'll Venmo you. Fair enough. So let's talk about some of your experiences and memories on set with us. What are some of the most impactful memories that you have of being on set with us? Um, I remember that after uh, every day when we had to go back to the hotel and, you know, try to sleep, we were all still thinking about what to do next. Mm-hmm. And I know that th- that sense of belonging that we, we have now to the cast and, you know, the show, cr- the crew in general, it's, it's all that we have this one focus to have a great season and we wanted to make people proud because it's the very first season as well. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think that I would leave the competition and then be like, I have sisters and friends for life now. Cause it's not, not the way I am, but I was, I was a fool. Cause you know, it, it ended, it has ended. And I was like, Oh, I already missed them. And it, it was oh, wow. a big, big, big surprise. And you know, sometimes I, not that I'm not sociable or anything, but I watch TV shows and they're like, Oh, I'm going to miss you so much. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. They all say that. It's okay. <laughs> I very felt this way for for real and it was very fun and I loved uh, that I was able to find out that I actually missed creating Mm -hmm. things so you know having to do so much design challenges I know for my two uh, uh, finalist sisters that they were struggling with it and they were like oh no not, not another design challenge but I was excited and I remember that, you know, it's it's just, it's bringing back to my Club Kid days when, yes. when I had to, to glue stuff on very, you know, cheap accessories and stuff like this. So it, it took me back to a good place. So I think it's, it's the reason why I was in a good mindset. That's so beautiful. Do you have, do you have a favorite look or a favorite uh, challenge throughout the, throughout the season? Um. It'll be a tie between the snatch game and uh, the um, the plastic uh, challenge, the plastic uh, bin that we had to create something because this one was particularly fun as it was a group challenge and I was with Bobo and Kiara, so it was a, a win-win situation. And you committed to that, honey. Not only did you win the challenge, you shaved your head for that challenge. Yes, yes, but it grew back. It grew back. <laughs> a full head of hair, looking gorgeous as ever. What do you mm-hmm. think? What What is the major difference you see between Canadian drag culture in general in comparison to the French Canadian drag scene? Um. Well, it's sure that I was about to say it's more competitive, but we were in a competition. Right. Um, but I felt like you know, just hearing these talks uh, between the Toronto girls and stuff like this, you know, Kiara and I, we are, we were on the other side of the room and we were not in that mindset at all. And we were like, are they always like this? But after the show, I think I realized uh, why we're not like this in Montreal. Our dressing rooms are so big that everybody can actually paint there. So we get to know each other very quickly. Wow. Yeah. in Toronto, for example, their dressing room, there's no room for more than two drags. So they, they all paint at home and they don't have, you know, that, that time to get to know each other's. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the reason why it's very competitive because they, they, 
arrive in their venues and their bars and they are already painted and dressed up and then they're already like you know doing them doing their character and they don't get to know each other deeply like we actually do so that's my theory maybe it's maybe it's true maybe it's not but i think it's the reason why it's so different and sometimes it's more like they're on a fighting mode and we are not Mm. but we are all driven by the same passion at the end of the day yeah that's i absolutely see the truth in that if you were to if you were to go back in time or if you were to join us again for let's say all stars what advice would you give to rita baga walking into the workroom Okay, just before I'll give a little cute answer, I don't think, um, well, for now, maybe it's going to change, but I don't think I'll be interested in doing All Stars. Mm-hmm. That's uh, Everybody's asking me already, well, since you didn't win, uh, will you, would you like to do All Stars? And I'm like, no, not for now. Maybe a Canadian All Star, but I don't feel that sense of belonging with the American drag in general. I like it. Mm-hmm. But I don't think, you know, having fiery conversations in the workroom mm-hmm. and all this bitchiness sometimes from mm-hmm. all-star drags, I'm not into that at all. It's not it's not me. And if any of my Canadian sisters would like to do it, I would say, go, go, you can do it. But I'm not interested for now. But if ever there's going to be a Canadian all-star, um I would say don't be scared to show more vulnerability, show more who you are from the start because I always tend to, you know, leave the room, observe. And when I see that I that, that there's a fit, I jump, but it takes time. And I know that I should embrace very more quickly the fact that I am different and it's okay. And everybody has to adapt not only me, so they're going to adapt to uh, my uniqueness as well. So mm-hmm. Sounds like you're a highly sensitive person, just like me, Rita. You know, Maybe we're meant to be. Maybe we're meant to be, darling. This was, Maybe. everything happens for a reason. Us coming together was for this, for this very reason. <laughs> you're so funny. Um, what, what if, aside from that, what, if anything, would you have done differently throughout your, throughout your trajectory on, on set with us? Um, the only thing that I would really change, uh, was, uh, when Michelle Visage was there. Um, wait, will you do it for me the way that you did it in your talking head interview with the, with the cross eyes? Cause that was everything, everything. Michelle Visage! <laughs> yeah, we, we didn't know that she, she, she was about to be there, but, um, I think, you know, at, when we got uh, our critiques, um, I'm not sure if it's. If, I think it was you. You asked me, uh, "How are you feeling today?" And I just answered, "Well, I feel beautiful." <laughs> I guess I didn't got the question, but I would have loved to say that I was feeling ashamed for uh, the first time since a long time because I had that inner voice telling me, oh, you shouldn't wear that for the CEO uh, look. I was wearing it, and then I saw all the others in the room, and I was like, oh, what what was I thinking? I really took the realness in the category to, like, two on point. 
and it was like it's drag i should have fun like usual mm -hmm. and you know and i knew that it was my look the one i had prepared but I, I should have listened to that voice and I, I bring so many extra costumes that I, I had great looks that I could have worn as well, but I did not. Wow. So that, I, I stick to my plan, but I had greater uh, looks waiting for me there and I did, I did not. So I was feeling a bit ashamed because I was like, oh, okay, we're having a moment with Michelle Bessage that's, that's so great, but I wasn't at my best I and mean, I was at the bottom on that week. Uh, for the second week in a row, mm -hmm. I was like, "Oh, I'm I'm feeling ashamed that she doesn't see me at my best like earlier in the competition." So mm -hmm. that's the the one thing I would have loved to change. Well, I certainly hope that you aren't still feeling ashamed because you truly were just fucking spectacular throughout the entirety of the season. And what I have sitting in front of me here now, all of your looks. Oh, not you know, that's not you. Well, I have I have I do have all of your looks here. And Michelle got to got to see all of your looks as well. So she knows what you're capable of. Um, but that is a lesson. It's a lesson to listen to your intuition. I didn't know that yes. you had that you had other options. And now that you tell me that, I wish you would have come out in something else as, as well. But you saying that you took it to like the re you took the realness aspect of the category to to heart. That makes that does make perfect sense. But at the same time, all three of those looks were they were sickening. None of you fucked up. None of you did bad. You've none of you have anything to feel ashamed about or to regret or to feel sorry about. It's TV. It's a competition. There were especially towards the end there was only a handful of you left and it was splitting hairs. It was the hardest decision as to who stayed, who sashayed away, who was lip syncing, who was in the top, who was safe. It was tough. It was not easy by any means, but you've got nothing to to feel bad about it, to be ashamed of. You were, you were spectacular and you brought it in every single challenge, every single category. You were just, just so you should be as proud of you as, as I am, as Brooklyn and Stacey are, and as all of the millions of fans that have fallen in love with you across the world, Rita, you're, you're fucking spectacular. Well, thank you, Henson. Oh, you're welcome, darling. So, uh, how how did it feel for you though, being in the you know having that trajectory of like being like a clear front runner to being in the bottom two weeks in a row? Was that shocking for you? It was shocking, but at the same time, I, you know, I didn't feel like oh, I was robbed. Oh, was it wasn't a good decision? I I was like kind of. Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> I mean, I have eyes. I I can I can tell from what I was seeing in the room. And what was frustrating is that I bring so many extra things. And actually, I'm planning to do you know a little collage of all the the air the airs that I've brought to the competition that everybody was wearing on the set. Because I think on that episode specifically. Um, out of the four, three were my wigs. Uh, and I was like, and throughout the entire competition, you can see in every episode at least two wigs that I bring because I was so prepared. I think I brought a hundred different wigs. And everybody's like, oh, I should have a wig like this. And like, okay, I have another one. I was oh, really that's... prepared. And, you know, it, it that was close to the end, and then it was just like, oh, I I thought I had a, a perfect trajectory. I mean, I was heading to the crown without any uh, bottoming sessions, you yeah. know. And then, 
You yeah. haven't prepared. Yeah, no, no. No, I, I, I had to douche. Well, I'm not an expert in that, you know? Honey, you left that pussy all over the stage because as heartbreaking as it was to have to have you in the bottom two weeks in a row, I would, you could not have, there's nothing anyone could have said or done to prepare me for that you ought to know lip sync. I could not take my eyes off of you. I was absolutely blown away. I think that Lemon did something really wonderful and she brought a level of camp to it. And she, you know, did the Lemon uh, kicks and splits and flips and all of her tricks, which were so, it was, it was funny and it was interesting, but I could tell that you were somebody who grew up with that song. You knew that song and you just completely channeled the essence and the energy of the angst of Alanis Morissette. I was I'm so glad that I got to see you lip sync in that moment because it was undeniable to me. Like, oh, this bitch belongs here. She ain't going anywhere, you know? Thank you. And yeah. it's funny funny because I did, you know, grew up with that song. But I could tell. We, when we had all the songs, when we first arrived and they, they gave us that little iPod with all the songs, I was like, okay, this one, if ever I have to lip sync, I'm going to murder it. I know, I know that for sure. And when we found out that it was the song and I found out I was in the bottom, you you, you can see it in the, in the confessional. I'm just like, well, we have to lip sync. Uh, just watch and learn, kids. Because I knew I knew that I, I was about to... And it's, it's funny because it's kind of a new school, old school uh, interpretation of the song. You, you yes. have Lemon on a side that is doing yes. wonderful, all her tricks. She's spinning. She's doing everything. And I'm not doing anything of that. I'm just doing the song itself so it was two different vibes it's, which is good the, the both ways are good it was wonderful and it was the first time in the season the only time in the season that we had a split screen lip sync so that the audience could see perfectly what each of you were doing but i had never seen there was something that you that you that came over you your eyes changed i hadn't seen you look at us in this way ever before and i thought oh my god this bitch is gonna fucking murder us she is she is crazy <laughs> she is she is crazy and we and she wants to let us know that we ought to know honey we ought to know yeah you hmm, that, that, that was, was a clear message it sure was honey well i'm gonna have to wrap things up with you pretty soon but i want to know if there if there were anything that you were to leave the the viewers and the fandom with what would that be miss rita baga um, it's funny because I quote you several times uh, on that question because, um, you know, sometimes it's it's great to have all this attention and to have all these love notes and all these messages, but some, a, a, a minority, but still fans are really not good on being kind of general and polite and, you know, just separating, separate things. Um, so as I said, as I said, and I will continue to say to everybody, we all have uh, a platform. So use it better, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just got me with that one, girl. I did not see that coming. I did not see that coming. Use it better, maybe. First of all, I had no idea that was going to be a thing, but that was re that was really fucking good. Thank you for that, Rita. I couldn't agree more. I think that no matter 
if you have a platform with hundreds of followers, thousands, hundreds of thousands, it doesn't matter. The energy that you're putting out in the world and the words that you choose to use have impact. They're powerful. And as much as we enjoy and are so appreciative of the viewers and of the passion of the fandom, we were all there with the best of intentions. It was a TV show. We all know the love and respect and mutual admiration that we have for each other. We were all there doing our jobs. And as much as you know, we love the words of affirmation, no, none of us, nobody needs to hear some of the, the, you know, the cruel opinions. If you don't have anything nice to say, please just keep it to yourself. Because the memories that we all have of that experience were so positive and so loving and so wonderful. And I, we would just like to keep it as that and know that we are putting something out into the world with the best of intentions, with the hopes that people can fall in love with it in the same way that, that we did. But, you know, uh, not everybody's going to agree about everything, but kindness is key, honey. So kindness is key for sure. Yeah. So I will, I will echo you echoing me. Use it better. (laughs) Use it better, baby. So good. Well, I want to know, I want to let you know that I love you and I think you're doing a great job, Frida Baiga. Thank you. I love you too, sweetheart. Thank you, darling. You are forever a part of the Drag Race family. We're all in this together. I can't wait to see you again somewhere in the world. I'm ready to host Quebec's Drag Race. Thank you. Yeah! Spoiler alert. <laughs> Spoiler alert. She's coming. And the actress taking over. Yes. Wait for it, kids. All right. Bye. Bye. Bonjour. Bye. Bonjour. Bye. Stick around and we'll be right back after this quick break. Hey, squirrel friends, it's JBC. Be sure to catch an all-new episode of Canada's Drag Race every Thursday night on the WOW Presents Plus app. Subscribe for only $3.99 a month for all the extra hot northern tea you can handle. Start your free trial now. Welcome back to the official Canada's Drag Race podcast. I'm here with the winner of Canada's Drag Race, Canada's first drag superstar, the one and only... Wait, what's your name again? Priyanka! I'm so excited! (laughs) Hi, Pri! I'm so excited. How's your head? It's still stuck up my ass. (laughs) <laughs> oh, but looking ga gorgeous. You were the first queen that I've spoken to this season that's been in full drag during our interviews. You look fucking stunning, honey. And I'm here to get judged on this look. What do you think, <laughs> Jeffrey Boyer Chapman? <laughs> Perfection from head to toe, honey. That wig is everything. Everything stunning. I mean, there's, there's. I mean, that's just the least of it, though. I want to get into. All of it. All of the stunnings, all of the stunts from head to toe, top to bottom, start to finish. How are we today? How are you doing, Pri? I am sitting here as the first ever Canadian drag superstar. Yes, honey. Congratulations! Just take this in for a second. Like, just take this in. This season has been ups and downs and controversy and all kinds of bullshit and Mm -hmm. now we just get to celebrate and and show people that love is what's most important yeah oh it's it's so cool 
It is so cool. It's such a huge reason why I truly believe everything happens for a reason. Everything's meant to be. It's why you have this position. It's why you have this platform because you radiate nothing but love. And that's what the world is in desperate need of in this point in time. I'm just, I'm so fucking proud of you. And I know it's only been a few days since you officially snatched the crown, but how are you feeling about everything? It's honestly, I feel great. There, there. Yesterday, I had one of those mental days where, you know, when you wake up and your brain's going a thousand miles a minute and your mom hates you, your dad hates you, your brothers hates you, you're not good enough, your drag sucks, you want to burn all your costumes, burn your wigs, mm-hmm. go for a walk, go get a coffee, but then you don't have time. All of that was yesterday. Yeah. But that was yeah. my first, like, really anxious day after Thursday. I, like, yeah. did these amazing huge basically like canada's drag race live the musical at the phoenix concert (laughs) theater in toronto and i had boa and lemon and bobo and alona and juice box and and they had like it was a big production i made like little videos before they walked on lemon and juice box did their lip sync against each other (gasps) it was a full it was it was so full but like and i love production like that's where my brain is that's what i love Mm. to do i like Mm. production when, when, when i have a script Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait, so was was all of this outside? You said it was an amphitheater? No, it was it was a concert theater. It was inside. They they the capacities in in Toronto are a hundred, socially distanced. Yeah. And it's it's fine. They, I'm gagged right now. It feels it jealous. feels you're jealous. If, I'm, I'm straight up straight up jealous. How could I not be? We're still in like quarantine prison hell here in Los Angeles. So I'm glad that I'm glad that you're living your best life. Yeah, it was it's so cool because I got to like literally just live my Beyonce fantasy. I the curtain opened. I was in yes. the wedding dress. Yes, bitch. Yes, I, Celine. Then I, then I, I did like a little acapella. I drove all night, then I revealed to the blue pageant gown and did hello by Ali X. The audience was like, oh, I can't believe it's happening. <laughs> So that lip sync was one of the ha- well, hands down one of my favorite lip syncs of the season because I felt I don't know I want to hear it from your perspective but I felt like whatever you did you were channeling something I don't know if any of that was prepared or you had anticipated doing anything that you did but just like throw you were you were doing your thing and then as soon as it got to the chorus and you threw in that little pageant hello wave it was it was yours honey it so was yours. I. At that point in the competition, like I drove all night, I practiced for everyone. Everyone doesn't mind being in the bottom for snatch game. Brooklyn did it. Evie did it. Who cares? Woohoo. Gymnastics. Yeah. Ali yeah. X, hello, lip sync. When, when you looked at me and said, that performance was like your snatch game. I said, it was, I want to hate you right now, but he was right. So what do I do here? Mm. <laughs> Like, what do you do when, when, you know, and then you don't expect to be in the bottom because you think that you're the shit and you think that you're the best. And then I literally, when you, when you guys were saying like, the time has come, I was like, just act drunk, act like you're performing at 3am at your bar. Cause whenever we have to go home at, at the like cruise and tangos in Toronto, it's the bar owner's like one more song and your feet are hurting and your makeup's falling off your beard's growing through and you're like okay fine and they always put on some like bullshit wilson phillips hold on song oh god (laughs) so you're on stage just just being an idiot because you're so over it and at that Mm. point i was so over being in the bottom so that's Mm -hmm. where that performance came from where i was like just act like the drunk bitch you are just just go do it so that's that's how it happened you did and I watched it. I watched thing. it back, being like, mm-hmm. "Wow, like you you did that without knowing you did that." 
It was really special, Priyanka. It was really special because I feel like, you know, I mean, it's just, it's inevitable when you're in a situation like this where you have people telling you all about yourself, good, bad, and ugly, and it is a literal drag race where it's go, 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 nonstop. You're barely getting any sleep. Your your creative juices are being put to the test like they never have been before. It's hard to uh, always stay grounded and focused enough to be able to ch- to channel the truth and the essence of who you are. And that was a yeah. moment where you came back to yourself and you channeled the truth and essence of who you are. And it was it was so, so magical. I want to know, tell me about your finale viewing party. I want to know everything. Who, Where was it? Who was with you? Who joined you? I did see a video of your mother the moment that you were announced as the winner of Canada's Drag Race. And I haven't seen that level of joy in a minute. And P.S., she's one of the most gorgeous human beings I've ever seen in my life. Go. <laughs> I have a sexy mama. You like, Damn. oh my gosh, she is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. I, I honestly like, I'm so proud of her because she made my journey a moment of education for herself, which I think is very important. Mm-hmm. A lot of parents would kind of like, you know, hold back or give their opinion right right away. But she said, So you're doing drag? Cool. Do you need anything? No? Mm. All right, good luck. And then she'd go home and be like, I don't want my son to do drag, like to herself. And and I don't want him to dress up as a woman. What the what the what the hell is he doing? But she took the time to educate herself. So having her at this finale viewing party that I did at the Phoenix Concert Theater, it was the it was part of the big concert. Mm. Um it was electric. Like Jeffrey, everybody in the room was crying. And and like I said on the finale, like you, you the reason why I like doing drag is because of the way I make people feel. But everybody was so touched by everything. Because, like, my answers about why I should be Canada's next drag superstar was never about my drag. It wasn't like, I want to, like, elevate my wigs and get new eyelashes and, like, you know, create stages for performers. And I do want to do all that stuff. But at the end of the day, it's about, like, humans and, uh, humans and how you make them feel loved and, and, and making themselves feel more proud of who they are in that entire room. Every single person was in tears. I had the boss from the kids' TV show that I used to work at in the room. He was the one who told me not to do drag, that I had to choose between the two. And I said to him, like, what's the difference from my other co-host who was doing Second City Improv, simulating sex on stage, to me making queer people happy? Like, this doesn't make any sense that you're saying no to this. He came up to me and was like, I am so happy you called me out in that moment. Like, because of you, like, I could be a better person. Like, all of it. Like, I honestly felt like I, like, I won, like, the, like, the humanitarian award or something. It was, it was crazy. And I'm just so happy because, like, that's all you can ask for. You can only ask for your journey and your fight and your your presence to inspire people that way. And everybody was, it was amazing. I wish you were there. I honestly wish that we could have all been together. Like you, Stacey and and Brooke, just to be there. I mean, you couldn't have come to my viewing party or or Bobo's or Rita's, you you know. (laughs) (laughs) We could could have uh, had one at each though. Yeah, one at each or something or... I choose you. You get to come to mine, please. Thanks, Pre. Because you and I just connect on that really cool emotional human what's the human what's the, what's the word that starts with age is it human and human or something 
human. We're just you. We, and it's like an energy. You know what I'm saying? Priya, I do know exactly what you're saying. And I feel so blessed to be able to have this, uh, this time to connect with you. And now that we are, you know, we have some distance away from the show. All I wanted during the course of filming was to just dive into your brain and get to know who you are and to, be, and to become friends with you. I think I said that to you at the, at the finale, uh, you know, when we were hugging and kissing and saying goodbye to everyone. Like I, I, I you're just, you remind me so much of so many of my nearest and dearest friends we have we actually have a couple of really close uh, mutual friends in common as well but but i digress i want to go back to what you were saying before about you know the moment not necessarily being about your drag but you said something this season about your drag that was so touching to me it was after you took the the rainbow railroad makeover challenge win and uh your maxi challenge win was a ten thousand dollar donation being in, made in your name to rainbow railroad to help bring uh lgbt TQIA plus refugee from another country who was in, a, you know, a, an unsafe situation to find them safety and refuge in Canada. And you said that your drag just saved someone's life. That was so fucking powerful for on so many levels, because I feel like in a ma microcosm versus macrocosm, you, your drag is saving millions of lives all across the world. And us having our first queen representing Canada's the crown, the Canadian, you know, the the Canadian crown being a brown queen, especially in this moment in time, the importance and the impact is not lost on any of us for a moment. Is this something that you've thought about? Oh yeah, I think about it all the time. Like I, I remember like seeing, like being at the at the viewing party and seeing myself turn the corner in that gorgeous finale eleganza extravaganza gown in the moment i remember seeing your faces like mm -hmm. wait a second mm -hmm. our little priyanka's all grown up i literally felt mm -hmm. that from you guys and like i remember the camera guy even being like oh! like i just felt it in the room and what was cool is sitting on the stage watching it for the first time ever and being like and hearing the room react to it, it wasn't like, go off, bitch. Yes, sickening look. It was like, oh, my God. She is here for us. And that's the whole thing. And and that's why I named myself Priyanka. It was just that full circle moment of, like, that you don't always get. You don't mm -hmm. always get to have that moment where people understand why your name is Priyanka and why you say what's your name and why the tagline works and, and, and all this stuff. It's like, honestly, Jeffrey, like I understand my importance and that's why I'm so happy to sit here and say that I'm the winner because I can continue to be the winner for people. Oh, uh, and Pri, to, to have the opportunity to represent in the way that, that you can and that I can just by the very sheer act of us being on television as, as queer people of color, to be able to be the thing that we never had when we were kids, to be able to turn on the television and to see a reflection of ourselves in some capacity. It's just, it's beyond powerful. And, um, you know, not only are you impacting uh, children all around the world, but like Rue says, drag really is, and drag race is about bringing families together. I want to know, obviously, you have the unconditional support of your mother. And um, I know that your relationship with your father was something different now than it was eight months ago or nine months ago or however long ago was ago that we were filming. But how has your relationship with your father evolved since the show has aired and you've officially come out to him? It's like, it's, I'm not gonna lie, it's really weird. Like, it's very weird. It's weird because it's, 
I spent so much time in the closet, especially when it came to my relationship with him, that it felt so normal. I was used to it. I didn't mind. Like, the cast announcement happened on May 14th, and I told him, like, May 15th. I was like, hey, Dad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I'm on drag race, so I'm gay. And, and he was fine in the moment, and this is this. But on Sunday, I went home, and my mom invited the neighbors over to have champagne and to thank me because everyone watches Canada's Drag Race. Everyone does. Mm-hmm. And it was my first time being in the room with him while people so openly talked about Priyanka. And that made me so nervous because I was like, I just don't want him to say something offensive. I don't want him to say the wrong thing. I don't want him to say, like, I don't get it. You just don't want that Mm because you want to have this storyline that, you know, Priyanka and her dad had the happy ending. Mm -hmm. Because you want to be able to tell, like, kids and and other adults that, like, you know, it's fine. So I was sitting there, like, just, like, rocking back and forth. And honestly, like, he would, whenever people would talk about it, he would be very quiet, but he would be like engaged in the co- in the conversation. And then someone blatantly was like, "So, like, when when are you going to go to a Priyanka show?" And he literally said the funniest thing ever. He said, "Well, I don't really know her yet, so we'll see." And I was like, ah! <laughs> "Excuse you, Mariah. Excuse you, Mariah." Wow. I said, "Like, okay." So, like, same as me, he's able to deliver something serious with a little bit of sprinkle on top. So it was kind of, I love that he said that because he's he's voicing his, like, I'm not there yet, but I'm not saying no. I think that this story and your experience is much more universally relatable than just everything is fine. You know, we are fed that message generationally that it gets better, but it doesn't always get better. And if it does, sometimes it takes time. It's an evolution. It's not just overnight people wake up and all of their biases and, um, you know, prejudicial stories that they've been told their entire lives, that they've internalized. That's not always just going to evaporate the next day as it's this i've had a very similar journey as you have this me being on television and playing queer characters and um you know for the past over 10 years maybe 15 years it's, it was an it was an educational journey for my mother and for my family it was something that they didn't understand something they didn't necessarily want for me or themselves but as i have evolved and come more and more into myself they've taken the opportunity to educate themselves and to let their guards down and to let the love in at the end of the day and um it's not it's always it's not always going to be the same with mothers as it is with fathers because it's certainly not the yep. same with me with my with my dad and my stepfather they may love me but do i expect them to be tuning into canada's drag race and watching every week or coming to live drag shows with me no not necessarily maybe one day they'll get there but we i think that i think that you laying out your experience in the way that you have and just being totally transparent about it is it is going to be more impactful and more universally relatable than you know, everything's great. My dad is yeah. dressing up in drag and performing at my next show with me. <laughs> no, and I like what you said about like, l- like it's, it's kind of like the expectation of your parents too. It's like, people are like, well, my dad didn't say anything. I'm like, well, would your dad have ever said anything in the first place? Like, mm-hmm. is your dad someone that's so involved in your personal life anyways? Like, it's mm-hmm. like, you almost have to realize that your parents are also humans too. And they have a way of processing things and they have a way of dealing with things. Like my mom and I, we, we would, we're very personal. We talk about everything. My mom knows about some of my hookups. I'm not going to lie. But well, my- well, girl, the, whole, the whole world knows about some of your hookups now after your horny ass was on Drag Race this season. <laughs> I'm just pissed. I'm just pissed that I wasn't cast to be the nut smacker. 
and I'm that's I'm very upset. Okay, I'm, I'm just gonna say it. That's amazing. That's amazing. Well, something that I was totally blown away by and didn't know the story until the end of the season was that you share a very special herstory with Canada's squirrel friend, Tracy Melshore. (laughs) The duel. The duel. It's such a great story. Tell me, tell me how you met. Tell me all about that. I used to work at Best Buy in Ajax, Ontario. And Miss Tracy, TV star of Canada, comes, like, walking in, like, wig is laid out, down, just stress, 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 stress. She's a mom, you know? She was like, hey, hey, excuse me. And I was like, <gasps> you know, I love celebrities. So, like, I was, like, gagged. <laughs> I was gagged. I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, Tracy's in the store, Tracy's in the store. And she's like, hey, um, what's your name? And I was like, oh, my name is Mark. And she's like, I, I need, like, portable DVD players for my minivan. My kids just, you know, just all this, just, you know, because she wears her heart, heart on her sleeve, too. So by the yeah, time she, she left, I knew everything about her. And then, you know, I was like, well, I guess this is my moment to tell her that I want to be in TV and I'm going to TV school. So I was like, hey, like, I, I'm, I'm going to Niagara College to be on, on TV or work in TV. I want to produce. I want to write or, or, or be on camera. Like, do you have any advice? And she says, Phew! give me your email. Takes my email, gets me a wrangling job at the MMVAs where I can, like, wrangle i the first year i wrangled katie perry to stage the second year i got kelly clarkson the third year i was with lady gaga like because of tracy malshore okay I know. and then from there she kept in touch with me when i finally got on ytv she was like always and i remember it was before Canada's drag race was ever 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 announced my my work was giving me a hard time so i called her and i was like hey, so what do I do? And she says, listen, girl, TV, you're going to put up, she, no, she said TV or any job, you're not, you ain't going to like your bosses and they're going to annoy you and the grass is always greener. She's mm. like, until there's something that can solidify your drag career to make you the superstar you want to be, do both, hustle. And as long as they're not being racist or homophobic, just like take the money and pay your bills you know because she gets it like she gets it as a person of color like we don't have the toys just to like to pick up and be like sorry i'm gonna go run a startup and sell teeth whitening kits like that's we can't do that no no, no no girl or even have sometimes even have the opportunity or option to walk away from a job if our you know our uh, the people in positions of power are being racist and homophobic like that's just par for the course for us so often exactly, more often yeah. more often than not truthfully but you know Tracy's advice to you just to hustle a part of the story that you're missing out that she told or that you're that you're leaving out that she told me that I thought was just so fascinating was that it wasn't the first time that she came into Best Buy that you decided to disclose to her that you were aspiring to work in television it was like the third time she came in oh, yeah. and she was she was so taken by you because you were such you had such an incredible work ethic you were so present with her you were so kind and so authentically yourself so she was drawn back so every time she had to come back to Best Buy she would go to you again and again yeah. And it wasn't until the third time or so that she had come in many, many months later that you brought it up to her and she yeah. could see, she could see the truth of who you are. And she, she realized that you were something special and she wanted to um, extend 
you know, a, a helping hand and help to open a door for you to become the fucking phenomenal human being that's sitting in front of me today. And what a journey nice. it is. I mean, something something that I loved so, so much. It was such a joy getting to know you throughout the season while watching your talking head interviews and narrating throughout the Oh, yeah, because you never saw them. Girl, I didn't get to see any of that. I didn't, I didn't know you. All I knew was oh, you yeah. based on, like, our brief interactions in the workroom and watching you in the challenges and, uh, you know, critiquing you on the main stage as well. But what I could see while watching the season is you're, you're clearly someone who spent a lot of time being themselves on camera. And you started out, like you said, as a children's TV host on YTV. But what, what was the vision that you held for yourself as a child? You, you aspired to work in television, but in what capacity? What, was, what did you see for yourself? So you're from Canada, so you know what a much music VJ is. Yes, girl. One of my best <laughs> friends. So our, so our mutual friend, Lauren Toyota. Toy yes! Toy. Love yes. Toy Toy. I remember when, when, when the show was announced and I told her that they, you know, that Rue had asked me to do this show. She said, oh, my God, one of my friends, Mark, is a drag queen. Uh, his, his drag name is Priyanka. I, he should be on the show. I was like, girl. He's got to audition just like everybody. I'm sure he's everybody great, else. but he's got to audition like everybody else. <laughs> Lo and behold, that bitch prophesied a motherfucking winner, honey. Got the crown. Yes, but yes. Yeah, so anyway, I digress. Yes, I know what a much music DJ is. Yeah, so so that so growing up, like you know, you want to have your safety job. So I would be like, I want to be a doctor. I want to be a dentist. But I was so in like just enamored with like these personalities on TV that you could kind of relate to and they get to throw to music videos. I was like, <laughs> I want to do this, but it's so funny because I never, ever, ever thought that I couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. I was like, I was like, I was like, I was under the impression that I, I would be just fine. Like I would just go do it. And like, it's fine. I, I, Cause I knew that it, it would be hard work. So the vision for myself that I had was that I was going to be a much music VJ and then I was going to work in entertainment television and just be this host. And I really wanted to interview people. I wanted to get to know people. And I wanted to be good at having conversations with, with, with people that it didn't seem like you were interviewing them. Like, I felt like mm -hmm. much music videos were that. Like, Leah Miller would just, yes. like, chit-chat to Gaga. Mm -hmm. And then you wouldn't even know that she had questions on the sheet because of the way she delivered them. Like, I wanted to figure out the, the math to that. Mm -hmm. So then... But when, you know, as I said on the show, like the life, the, the path that life has for you, you don't get to choose it. So then all of a sudden I end up working at YTV, which is a very close, you know, second to being a much music VJ because much music VJs don't exist anymore. I know. Isn't it bizarre? It's insane. And I, I actually grew up obsessed with YTV as well. Obsessed with all of the VJs on there. Oh, wait, they don't, do they, they don't call them PJs. They call them PJs. PJs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm a PJ. Yes. So were you working on YTV literally up until the moment that you that you came that you came on to Drag Race with us? Yeah. How long were you there, I, long were you there for? How long did that did that I job was last there for? for seven and a half years. How old were you when you started? I was so wait, I started Drag Race when I was twenty eight. So it's like twenty one, twenty. Holy shit, Priyanka. Oh wow. yeah, I was like I am like I am the childhood of many kids yeah. in Canada. So yeah. the coolest messages I get are the ones being like, because my, my, my YTV nickname was Suki. So they would yeah. be like, yo, Suki, I see you on Canada's Drag Race. Like, go, you know, it's all these like little like straight white skateboarder dudes. Be like, <laughs> my sister watches this show. We're so proud of you. And isn't it so great that like this queer person of color who's on Canada's Drag Race, that's normal to like John in, in Whippy. 
Yeah. We yeah. did it. Well, it's, I mean, it, it is, no, it is normal to John and Whippy. I feel like it's just, you know, the, 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 it's, it's such a natural thing to, to accept people for the, for who they are, especially when they're being their authentic self. I feel like that's just something that that's, it's almost a lesson that we as queer people have to start to tell ourselves after facing all of the trauma that we faced from the status quo and heteronormative society at large. Some, some, so many of the beliefs that were held that were, you know, enforced to oppress us are the beliefs of older generations. And often more often than not, I find myself having to like let my guard down and give chances just be vulnerable and give a chance to younger straight specifically straight white people you know yeah i also feel like you know when you're at a party and somebody walks in and they have like a and i don't this is this is more of a me problem but and may, maybe you can relate but they walk in and they have this huge personality and it's like mm-hmm. yes god let's get sickening like lemon walking into a room and mm-hmm. and immediately you're kind of like you kind of like it becomes yeah. like too much, yeah. Because part of because of the the, the things that you like uh, that you grew up with kind of put in your head like oh like a flamboyant person is yeah. too loud and a feminine person is too loud and like that's yeah. just gay that's gay yeah. you know like the element like I used to have girls in elementary school that, that used to try to teach me how to be straight. Oh yeah. Oh, I can completely relate to this. Absolutely. I've always been you know? too much. I've, I've always been too much. For I've always been too much. So for you to say something like, you know, it's it's important for us to be like vulnerable and give people chances. I yeah. feel like even with queer people that uh, it's like a, it's a thing that we all have to do because we're so quick mm-hmm. to judge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we really are. I mean, that's something that I would love to get into with you specifically because we, I think we are just in such an amazing place right now even with all the current circumstances of the world taken into consideration the fact that we have three brown queens in a row rocking the title of uh the, of the drag superstar all stars with shay and season 12 with jada Sinam and yourself with canada's drag race i mean it is it is a legacy it is such an important moment in time and not only in regards to race but i feel like when when it when they're three individuals from such different walks of life, but have all experienced trauma in their own regard um, from being queer, being Brown, even though you've been raised in different countries, we, you know, we've all, we've all experienced it. Uh, I've, I've really noticed over the, these past couple of months, people stepping up yourself and Jada and Shay and some of the other Queens really stepping up and like supporting each other and um, you know, calling out the bullshit and the darkness that's, that's, you know, pervading, uh, the the drag race fandom online. Um, I I think that there's something to be said for recognizing when it's appropriate to get involved in the yeah. conversation and when not to. When to just like let things be and not stoke the 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 flames of the fire. But there is also a responsibility for us as queer people to um, to hold one another and to protect each other oh, and to not tear each other totally. down and to, and to call it out when we see it and to bring some light and some awareness to it because ignoring it as an entirety is not going to help anything. It's not going to help us evolve as a species overall, but specifically as queer people. You, do you feel this, this awareness? I, I feel this like 10 times over. So I, did not get a lot of backlash. I was fine episodes one to episode hello that week, pageant week. Right, so when I right. finally won the big rainbow railroad challenge and everyone was so team Jimbo and don't get me wrong. 
I love Miss Jimbo. I have never, mm -hmm. ever seen a queen like Jimbo ever. And that's why it's so exciting. That's why Drag Race is so exciting because it really gives you the variety of mm -hmm. queens that you would have never seen before. Now, now Jimbo's a big star in the UK touring, but something occurred to me while I was getting all my hate for winning a challenge. You kind of sit down and you think like, I see why this is happening. I've been fans of people before. If if Kelly Clarkson didn't win American Idol, I would have been pissed. But would you have logged on and told Justin that he's a piece of shit and he should kill himself? Well, no, no but only because I want <laughs> I, I, I would like some Justin in my life. <laughs> no, but no, but this is what I this is what I think. And 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 to to kind of like add to your thing about responsibility and looking out for each other is mm -hmm. these fans love us so much. Mm -hmm. And with the panel of judges, they treated all three of you individually as contestants as well, because they don't trust y'all yet. Mm -hmm. There's no rapport. Brooklyn, you know, is from the U S version, but they've mm -hmm. never seen her as a judge. They've only mm -hmm. seen you as a special guest judge. And, and then mm -hmm. Stacy is, Stacy's living in her own world. Let us face it. Yeah. <laughs> That's real. That's so real. So real, right? Yeah. She's in, in Jamaica, like, so who won? Like, we're like, yeah, Stacey. It's it's like, yeah. <laughs> people only knew. What I will say is this. So, so imagine that you're a contestant, Brooklyn's a contestant, and then the 12 of us are, are contestants. We have our fans. People love me so much. They love me so much. So if, 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 it, it, they think that in order to support me, they have to bring somebody else down. And now I'm going to use Jimbo as an example because it's directed towards you and Jimbo. What happened was this. You critiqued all of us, mm -hmm. but you critiquing Jimbo meant that in order for us to show our support for Jimbo, we had to then attack you, mm -hmm. which is complete bullshit. But that's fine. Okay, so say, so say hey, Jeffrey. You suck. Go fuck yourself. Go kill yourself. You're ugly. Ew. Go get fired. Sure. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. It's the internet. Whatever. Mm -hmm. It is Jimbo's responsibility to stick up for you because mm -hmm. as a queer person that's been through that before, if we tolerate it as contestants and queens and judges, then we're letting it happen. Right, if we cool. don't shut it down, yeah. then it's going to keep happening. And yeah. it's the same way that like when people were saying that like Jimbo was robbed for the makeover challenge. I had to call Jimbo and be like, listen, girl, like people are calling me a Packy and a leotard. Like you have to tell them to stop because they're not going to listen to me. You know, it, it's, 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 it's all, it's the same thing that like when, when I didn't win something, I was robbed. Like I would be like, no, Miss Lemon deserved the win. Rita deserved right. the win because if we don't yeah. call it out, people are going to keep feeding the fire. And that's the fire that keeps, being fed is when we don't call it out because if we say that like i agree with jeffrey's critique then how are they gonna say well Je go fuck jeffrey because they can't right 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 yeah I'm yeah right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i hear i hear and feel everything that you're saying i really think that it is a collective responsibility for us to be more mindful of it and to just not let things slide in the way that we have for so many years because it really has gotten completely out of control and the crazy thing is is that when we see things like this we see people like the you know certain viewers writing all of this hate and vitriol it's like you, like you, you may be defending one of your uh, one of your favorite queens but 
you can take it from me, knowing all of y'all and knowing how loving and kind and beautiful and wonderful each of you are, like you wouldn't want to be friends with this person who is logging on and calling, you know, calling me names and telling you that you're trash and telling, you know, like, it's like, we don't, we don't, we don't need that. We thank you, but we don't need your support in this way. You know? Yeah, hundred percent. And honestly, I, I'll be candid. Like we know it's going to happen. We know we're going to get hate, but there's nothing like seeing hundreds and hundreds of comments of people just tearing you down yeah. and and it's like someone tearing you down but then someone telling you you're beautiful you don't even see the ones that oh, tell you no. you're gonna be okay you never do so i'm not tolerating that bullshit anymore thanks pre how how did you handle it were you were you okay emotionally were you resilient through it all receiving receiving some of the backlash that you received i was so pissed because I was like, I, people weren't, especially like the kind of challenge that I won the second time. Like the first time I won the challenge, everyone was, was still okay with me. And they weren't, you know, there's so many girls in the competition, so it was okay. But the second time I won $10,000 to bring someone to a safe country. Yeah. That's it. So really and truly, it doesn't really matter who was robbed because that prize, (laughs) that prize is the win for the entire cast. Right. Yeah. Like who cares? Who cares if I won or Jimbo won? But people lose sight of what the actual. Like I'm like. So you're saying that Jimbo was robbed of saving someone from a country? That doesn't make any sense because that's not about us. That that's right. what that prize is about. It's not about us. Right. So I was okay mentally with it. I had a few anxious days where you just want to like breathe in and breathe out because also like I didn't know if I won yet. Right. Yeah. Of so course. I'm kind of like, if these people are hating me, like, is this like, is this going to work in my favor? Like, all of a sudden, it's yeah. like, it's so much drama on top of drama. But I've been okay. It, it's 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 now the adjustment of the show not being on every Thursday mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that I'm like having a little bit of a hard time adjusting to. Because now what? <laughs> Well, now you get to go on tour with with Brooke and the rest of the queens all across the country. It's so exciting. I know. And Brooke is so mad. Brooke is so mad that everyone's calling me the queen of the north. (laughs) (laughs) She, I have not talked. So obviously, like, you know, as judges and, and contestants, we can't talk to each other. Uh, right, which yeah. is which is perfectly fine because that's the rules of the show and I agree with that. But yeah. finally, Brooke, you know, because now that the season's over, she yeah. got to do a little like, knock knock knock. Hey, Priyanka, yeah. just so you know, <laughs> I'm the queen of the north. You're the empress of the north. Oh, that's I was good like, though. Brooklyn, the empress sounds old. Can I be the north <laughs> supreme? And she's like, No, you're the empress. I was like, uh. I'll take it. Just take it, girl. Take it. The empress is that's sexy. I, I think it's- I'm so, and you know, Jeffrey, you know what's actually crazier is that right. like these tours and stuff, like I'm the winner. So like yeah. I get that moment to be like I know, Pri, I'm so proud of you. I'm gonna start Saskatchewan! Yes, girl. You she sure did. I mean, y'all the, the, the listeners won't be able to know this, but before we even started recording, as soon as Priyanka and I saw each other oh. uh, about five minutes before starting recording, I, I both of us I burst in, I burst into tears. I saw a couple saw you got a little teary right there. I, I was I'm like, just I'm so proud of you, Pri. I really am. You you worked your ass off for this. You're so deserving. You're such a like you're such a gorgeous, radiant, bright, shining light that you just people fall in love with you because of who you are. You just have this incredible ability to be able to be unapologetically authentically yourself in any given moment. There's just something so, so admirable about it, especially when we're living in a world that 
we as queer people and people of color are constantly told to be less, be smaller, don't be yourself, mm -hmm. be this thing that we want us to be. The fact that you have the audacity to be yourself, it's just such such a beautiful thing. It's um it's I could I can't truly can't think of anybody uh, who's better equipped to rep this this title and this crown. And uh, you also have such an a, such an, an admirable ability to be able to make fun of yourself and when so when so often others would default to, to shame in similar situations where where do you think that comes from in you it comes from growing up my parents always always and i don't know how you how your parents and guardians were growing up but mine like imagine like some big like divorce would happen or a big like family drama would happen and then we would never ever talk about it ever again so I never really grew up with a way, with an understanding of how to confront things and how to do things and how to like, you know, tell, call it out. So I think by being able to make fun of myself, it was my way of kind of saying, like calling things out in a fun way. Because like things happen growing up that like I still haven't talked to my parents about, which is so weird. So being able to make fun of myself. Do you have a therapist? I do have a therapist. I do. I do. I do. Yeah, Wait. he's great. So I, so when I went, I love therapy so much. And listen, I will run myself broke to pay for therapy because it's so important to be good yeah. to your brain because it plays tricks on you. Girl, does it ever, honey? It plays tricks on you, especially with boys. I have the worst relationship experience in my life ever. One time, hear the story. Hear the story. Hear the story. Hear the yeah, story. please, please give it to me. You are in love with somebody. And you have really great sex. And you're like, wow. And sex sex as a gay man, listen, I, I ain't no cum dump. But whenever I whenever I have to bottom, it is a vulnerable experience. It's like Girl, it's... avatars when the when the when the tails connect. Uh -huh, you know? That's real. <laughs> it's like you gotta brace yourself. And mm -hmm. I had a boyfriend who I was very in love with say right after that he's not attracted to me anymore. Oh, honey. Wow. How do you recover from that? Like you can't control the things people say to you. Therapy. It, therapy, you have to. Because so, yeah. so 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 since the show between me and you and the listeners, I've started mm -hmm. seeing somebody, and he's mm -hmm. incredible, and he's amazing, and he he makes me feel this. But now that the show's over, and I'm going through this transitional period, mentally, yeah, oh baby, I'm going back to the, I'm reverting back to my old habits. But mm -hmm. I'm happy. I like talking about it because I feel like that helps. Good. I'm so happy to hear that. I am so, so happy to hear that. Um, I mean, it's like, it's, I don't know who or where I would be as, as, as a queer person and as a black queer person without some sense of support and to have a, a foundation upon which my mental health has a place to land and to grow and to evolve. And I feel like so often we as queer people, I feel like that's the ticket because we have, we do have so much trauma. We have experienced so much and, you know, especially when we're dealing with other queer people's shit as well. I mean, you have to recognize that when that when that dude said that to you that he wasn't attracted, that had nothing to do with you. That had everything no. to do with him. You know, is that crazy? It's not my problem. But then I walk away with the damage. Of Ugh. course, yeah, of course, yeah. It's it is it is fucked up, honey. Um, <laughs> I want to know. I want to know what what advice would you would you give to Priyanka if you were to be walking into the workroom today? <gasps> Oh, it would. Okay. Oh, ooh, that's a. You know what? You're a good interviewer. That's a great question. Mm. I would say mm. to myself, like, remember those three episodes where I lost myself and I didn't know why I did. Mm -hmm. I would literally tell myself, like, let the journey 
take you on the journey that it's going to take you on. You're going to try to control shit. And, and that's what, that's what messed up with me. That's I couldn't get a sense of control, which is why, as you said, my, my batteries died. Mm-hmm. I, I would mm-hmm. let myself, I, I would definitely say that, like, you have to just like go with the flow. You have to, because after episode snatch game, I was a mess, mm-hmm. mess, 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 mentally. My, my, my performances were okay, except for that nasty improv challenge at episode seven. But, but I think I would say that I would definitely say that. Oh, and one more thing. Yeah. I would say to myself, please meet these other queens with an open mind. Mm. I was mm. so quick to judge everybody. I hated Alona. <laughs> I hated Kine. Wow. I didn't. I thought Scarlet Bobo was the most annoying person in this in this in on this planet. I just didn't want to be around them. I was like, get away mm. from me. But yeah. now that I've gotten to know them so well, like it's just like they're so such beautiful humans and the way and and the reason why they act the way they act is because of their past damages right exactly you know and i've been working and miss miss alona in particular i've been working with Mm -hmm. her quite a bit she spent the week in toronto Mm -hmm. i'm like who is this sweet baby angel that i didn't meet on the show because i didn't give her the chance i pegged her for something and i let her be that each time well, you know, not all of us, I mean, even the moments that weren't caught on camera, we didn't get even get to see the depths and truths of who we are because of the circumstances, because it was such a compact period of time. We were so focused. We had a job to do. And so, you know, not all of the shades of our characters got to come out in those situations. But I do just want to say to you that, um, you know, after, even after your Snatch Game performance, no matter how you felt about yourself, you still had the ability to show that you had a le- you have, had a level of levity about it. You still, from, from to the untrained eye, were still able to make fun of yourself in that moment, mm-hmm. and that was so that was so admirable. And then in regards to the uh, the improv challenge for the pageant, it's not that you were terrible. It's that we were down to what, like the top like six or seven by that time. And we just, it was about splitting hairs. Like we, it was, somebody was going to be in the top and somebody was going to be in the bottom. And it was the, the hardest decision to make week after week after week, but we had to do it. So I don't want you yeah. even now that you're sitting here as the winner and weeks <laughs> after the show, you know, has finished airing to think that you weren't any good in those moments because you were, you, you were, it's just, it's, it's television is what it comes down I to. I do, you know? you know what, like, okay, so, so the, the improv, like, the other thing is my journey is like highs and then low and then a high. So I'm yeah. okay. And then we got, I drove all night. We got hello. We got some good content, yeah. but the one yeah. thing it was, and, and I felt it when I did the photo shoot for Miss Cleo for Instagram, I put it on and I felt so defeated. I was like, I want, I want to, I, I want because for like, if, if you're bad at, at a dance, you can get better at dancing. If you're bad at singing, you you can try to be better at singing. There's always a way, but I'm just like, I hate that I don't know how to make Miss Cleo funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> who else did you ha- Who else did you have? What were you didn't show me any other options that day in the workroom? No, I what didn't because your- I was I was gonna do Miranda sings. You did tell me this afterwards. I have this in my head, and I remember scolding you for not doing Miranda sings. Yeah, do you think it would have been? I don't even know. I I almost yes, wanted to like a practice. Like let me. I think I'm like, we're gonna bu- we're gonna book a Zoom call. And we're gonna Done. give you some snatch game questions because I'm like Done. I want to know how to get better. And that's the thing is that once you s- stop learning, you'll stop growing. And I want to keep growing. 
Yeah. Well, I think I can't remember who it was that I was talking to on this this podcast, but it was one of the celebrity guest hosts. And they said that it was surprising those moments of the improv challenge and snatch game for you because they seemed like they were tailor made challenges for you because you have this incredible ability to be yourself in any given moment. Mm-hmm. to respond as yourself, to be quick and to be witty. And you just, you channel, you channel the essence of who uh, Mark, Suki, Priyanka is in any given moment, whether in drag or out of drag. It's just about transferring that into thinking like the character, you know? I think yeah. that it's just, it, it, it does take practice, I think, but it just, it's, it's, it's that same energetic channel. You just have to shift it a little bit over to the left or over to the right, you know? You, yeah. You've got I, it. These challenges are made for you. You know how to do this. You just got to trust yourself. Yeah, that's 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 the tea. Yeah, that's Miss Miss Lemon about her JoJo Siwa because that baby that was so good. Everything wow. that was everything that was that was the snatch game for me. Who let's talk, but let's talk about that finale look. Who made this look for you? Because goddamn, I was so, so proud of that look. I was so As proud of that look. Be. So. The person who made that look is a Matthew Juicin. He is my friend. He's just a friend who loves to to tailor and to sew and to construct. And he was in my living room for an entire month just sewing garments together. I went to Little India in Toronto and bought two bridal lengas and we cut them apart and Frankenstein that gown together and it is just everything and, and, and it was like my big master plan to save the big bollywood moment for the finale and <sighs> it paid off girl did it ever it was uh, just ex- absolutely exquisite well i am going to have to wrap things up with you because i've taken so much of your time and as canada's first drag superstar i'm sure you have the most intense packed press schedule you have you have people all aclo- across the globe wanting to kiki with you so so i will i will let you go but i i want to know if there's anything any message any encouragement any love any light any wisdom you want to pass along to the listeners as canada's first strike superstar what would that be i i just want to tell people that it's okay to stick up for other people just because you stick up Mm. for other people it doesn't mean that you're doing a bad thing Mm. if you see someone getting bullied help them out help a sister Mm. out because you, if you have zero tolerance for it, then we can start cutting out all the bullying that happens, especially online. It's not easy seeing all those words, especially when we're just trying to put on a TV show for people mm-hmm. to feel more accepted. Mm-hmm. It's, it's perfect. I, I hope that uh, Melania Trump heard every word that you just said. Oh, you know she's listening. You know she's listening. <laughs> She has been Team Priyanka. She been. Yes, honey. Yes, much to her husband's chagrin. Well, I just, <laughs> I want, I want to let you know that I love you. I think you're doing a great job, Free. Thank you. I love you too, Jeffrey Boyer Chapman. I'm so excited for your future projects and what you're gonna bring. I cannot wait. I did I've been, I've been thinking about this. I talked, I talked to my mom about this, and I said. What the world isn't ready for is the return of Jeffrey Boyer Chapman. <laughs> they are, I've been, I'm, I'm ready to cut the trailer. Like it's a close-up of you, like buttoning up the shirt, like putting on the shoe, putting the glitter on your face. Like they thought that they could make fun of you for that makeup. No, bitch. You're just going to come out like rhinestone. Like, you know, I, oh my God, let me produce it. I'm so here for it. I'm yes, so excited. I'm done. so excited. I'm so excited for you to just come and just be that girl forever and to be like, 
Thanks, bitch. Thank you so much, Pre. Ditto. <laughs> yeah, ditto. I love you. You're, ev- love you're forever too. part of the Drag Race family. We're all in this together, honey. Thank you for repping yep, so are. hard. I'm so proud of you. All right. Uh, reign supreme, darling. And remember, stay true, north, strong, and fierce. I am the queen of the north. Sorry, Brooklyn. <laughs> Sorry about it. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, kitty girls, thanks for following along with us. We'll be sure to put links in the show notes to all of our queen's social pages so you'll know where to find them, along with Canada's favorite squirrel friend, Tracy Melshore, Brooklyn Heights, Stacey McKenzie, and myself. Once again, you can now binge the entire first season of Canada's Drag Race on WOW Presents Plus in the U.S. and Select Territories. Crave in Canada, BBC3 in the UK, and Stan in Australia. Thanks for following along with us this season, and thank you to the abundance of loving and passionate viewers out there in the fandom for your incredible support and kindness. I just want to let you know that I love you, and I think you're doing a great job. And remember, drag is shady, but it's cute to be kind, so if you don't have anything nice to say, shut the fuck up. I'm JBC, and I'll see you next season. Bye!